Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mother. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And I am feeling some Super Bowl fever. <laughs> I got the fever of the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, I'm mostly excited because like the Super Bowl day is the one day, um, not the one day, but I associate it with French onion dip, which I just love. Oh, yeah. You... kind of my treat on Super Bowl day. You told um, me that during our most recent run when we were... In Southern California, you admitted your love of the French onion dip, particularly oh. your your sister Megan makes it right or no? Well, she made well she made some some homemade French onion dip for um, I think our Christmas dinner, like you know an hors d'oeuvre thing. Wait, and wait, I, wait, I wait, 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 wait. When you when you say homemade, you mean versus buying the pre-made, but it's not like she made like creme fraiche and then put in some dried onions that she'd made herself. It's like she had the sour cream, she had the French onion soup mix, and she mixed them together, right? Um, I don't know, but it was definitely more of an effort than what I do, which is crack open the you know the top off of a carton, you know. <laughs> so um, I don't know exactly what she did, but mm-hmm. um, but it was very good, and I I honestly think I ate a whole carton of sour cream that day because I just couldn't stop. I mean, I I could not stop, and um, especially with the ruffles chips. Like, oh you know, oh, when you chips. oh please, when you said French onion dip, I immediately thought ruffles wavy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, gotta have it. So, um, so anyway, so so really, that's first about why I love the Super Bowl. Second is the probably the ads, of course, and then the third of, is that the Broncos are in it. <laughs> Woo, go Bronx! But um, I will admit, I'm clearly a fair weather fan. I'm not, you know, I I'm, I know that. Oh gosh, what's its name? Oh yeah, Peyton Manning is our quarterback. <laughs> oh yeah, what's his but, name? <laughs> <laughs> we actually run near Peyton Manning's house, so oh. so there. I know, wow. right? Wow. Um, Never seen him out there though doing his fart legs. Um, but uh, but yeah. So anyway, but I was thinking about the reason why I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl more than the fact that I'm a fair weather fan and I love to eat junk food is um, this is kind of the closest rivalry that we'll I think we'll ever have, Sarah, because it's, a, it's <laughs> the Seattle occurred. Seahawks versus the Denver Broncos. That like, hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. <laughs> Since Portland's too small, we have a fantastic soccer. You know. Um, European football uh, <laughs> team here, the Timbers, uh, but we, we do not have a pro football team. So yeah, I hadn't, I really hadn't thought of that. But... It could be, and we could have an NBA showdown, but truthfully, it's never going to be the Trailblazers versus the Nuggets. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, so I think we got to make a little bet. Like, what, mm. what, what are we betting? Oh, a badass oh, mother runner tank? Uh, what? I got a lot of them, so I can bet a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have my used ones. <laughs> Oh gosh, you really caught me off guard by this. I really don't know. Don't know. I, I think we have to wager what five dollars. Sure, we'll okay. wager five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should wager something like we have to like the next person. Um, you know, doesn't have to 
right. stuffed goodie bags at our next party or something like that. I don't know. Something that's worth more than $5. That is worth quite a bit. I didn't have to stuff goodie bags at Carlsbad at our most recent party down in Southern California because I was setting up the table and I forget what else I was doing. But it was just like, wow. That made a really big difference not having to do goodie bags. I mean, we love our swag bags at our party, but wow, a lot of work goes into putting all those little pieces into it. You know, the, the tube of noon, the two goos, the, the lar bars, you know, the, the flyers, socks, the whole bit. Yeah, the socks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good, but yeah, you do get a little dizzy going around the table, mm-hmm. um, you know, 400 mm-hmm. times. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, but I have to say that um, I the Super Bowl is so not on my radar, my mental radar, that didn't even occur to me because um, here's how here's how the Super Bowl party will be having at our house is that Phoebe, my older daughter who's in sixth grade, is yeah. in the a competition called OBOB, which stands for the Oregon Battle of the Books, and it involves teams of uh, four kids with one alternate, and they um, have to between the four or five of them they have to read all sixteen books that are listed for their she's in the sixth through eighth grade group. And so that she's had to read eight books and she's had to read them several times. And then they go kind of family feud style uh, against another team and they get asked questions and they have to, within the group, decide what their answer is within 30 seconds and then turn to Richard Dawson or whoever it is they have as the (laughs) mediator, moderator. And um, so that the first OBOB matchup within, they do it within the school. So there's, she goes to um, a middle school and there's several teams from her middle school. And then, I don't know, maybe the top two teams from the middle school will go on to the regional championships. And then uh, the top, I don't know how many teams from the regional will go on to the state championships for the OBOB. So, wow, wait, wait, wait. I mean, you, you faded out on me for a second. So wait, so you have a, your first showdown your first feud on sunday no so that it is we have the first feud is i don't know that's my new term for it so and now it'll stick of course in my brain that the first feud is tuesday after school so the girls want to have one last meeting and so i phoebe is on saturday doing an all-day babysitting course through the red cross so i recommended sunday and i said oh folks you can either i said to the parents you know how about either I don't know, 11 to one or three to five. And they all settled on three to five. And it wasn't until after everybody decided that, that I was like, oh, right. That's, I guess, when the Super Bowl's going on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I won't tell Peyton Manning next time I see him on the Highline Trail that you aren't watching him in all of his glory. Yeah. Um, wait, what's, what What books do they have to read? I'm curious. I knew you would ask me that. And, and you know, if Phoebe were here, she could tell you all the titles and all the authors because that, that will be some of the questions is who the authors. There's... um. Oh, there's a book called Star Girl by Jerry Spinelli, who's a quite a prolific um, young adult um, fiction writer. There's one called Million Dollar Throw, which has a football, um, you know, uh, storyline to it. Yes, there's oh, Wild Wood is one. That's not one of the ones she has to, which is a series of books, and it's written by a local author in Wildwood, you know, is the amazing kind of 30-ish mile trail here in town. So it has a kind of... Um, fanciful, um, a little Hogwartsian type, you know, like that it's not truly reality. And so I think it's set maybe in the, you know, Pacific Northwest and in the, you know, kind of woods type thing. Oh gosh, what are some other books? Um, I honestly, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, so she had, that's interesting though. Yeah. And so it was funny. So they sent out a thing. This is the first time her middle school is going to be doing it. 
And I was like, ooh, that sounds like a good thing. And so I encouraged her and didn't have to um, push her too hard. And she got together some friends. And I am fairly certain that every single team member on all the teams at her school are girls. So, and may, but maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's seven teams. So that's not bad. Out that's of school. a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's 30. Oh my gosh. How many? Yeah. How many are on a team? Yeah. So there's uh, four um, regular members, and then one alternate. So that's, you know, that's at most 35 kids out of a school of about 450. So that's, that's um, great. That's about eight, what, seven, eight percent, something like that. So yeah. 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 So I'm proud. I'm very excited to watch it and to watch the feud. And this is your kind of athletic event. Like, <laughs> screw the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. Let's, talk, let's go do some literary trivia about. You, you know, know, this this totally harkens back to me as a reader because, you know, my kids, they read some, but like they're not as addicted to books as I am. And this is a, I won't go off on this whole tangent, but I got to say that are there are there kids still in this day and age who just come home from school and lay down on their bed and read for hours on end? Because I got to say that's what I did after elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Amelia does that to a degree. Like, I'll be like, what are you going to go or what are you doing? And she's like, I'm going to go read for a while. She'll do that. But it's not like she comes home from school and starts reading immediately. We do carpool with um, a kid who was reading all the time. He he got a Kindle for um, oh, wow. Christmas a couple years ago. And he's got that thing on all the time and not on a game or an app, but oh. um, but a book. Um, so wow. they, they're out there, but I don't, but maybe not as, you know, there's so many more diversions these days that it's hard to. There are, and like, you know, I, you know I mean, I joked that, that, you know, one of the main reasons I had kids was so that I could relive the whole Little House series with my kids again. And, you know, Phoebe just never kind of took to it. I read Little House in the Big Woods and part of Little House in the Prairie, and she was kind of like, hmm, yeah, I'm done with these, Mom. And so Daphne is somewhat more encouraged. Like, I don't know, she she might get into them. But I, then I just think about all the amazing kids' books there are from, from even from my childhood and now the ones that have come along since then. I don't sure. know. It's just like it's like just a world that that I feel that they aren't fully experiencing, and I don't know. You know, we listened to the Little House on the Prairie um, audiobooks. Oh. That was really fun, and they liked that. Uh, that that might be something you, if you want to check yeah. those out from your local biblioteca, um, just yeah. because they're they're fun to listen to, and you know they're good for the whole family. Yeah, wonderful. Mind pa, they don't they don't drop the f bomb. So <laughs> no, they <laughs> do not. Killing the coyotes. The f bomb is firewood or you know, <laughs> exactly. ferrets or I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Prairie dogs. I don't know. So yeah. So well, you mentioned being a fair weather friend, and you uh, in most of the fair country there fan fan fair weather fan. I gotta say, I think in the the country there are no. Fair weather fans. There are no, there are no people who are having fair weather, and that's. Oh what... my gosh! Snowpocalypse in Atlanta. The did you see that traffic? Holy cow! I saw that. Um, our dear friend Lorraine Robertson asked wifey had to park a neighborhood away from hers because she couldn't get her car up the hill. So then she had to walk home, you know, part of the way. So I saw that she yeah. had some pictures. Well, on yeah, Instagram. they're not they're not equipped to deal with. Um, Love you, southeasterners, but you know, snow. You don't talk the lingo of snow. Like yeah. here, you know, the first snowfall is everyone is driving. You know, like you know, five miles an hour, and you know, white knuckled on the wheel. And then you know, by the third or fourth snowfall, people kind of get their groove and they're okay. But um, but you know, you know, I remember when I used to live in Chattanooga, we got like an inch of snow, and you would have thought that you know, Hurricane Katrina just came through. It was just <laughs> like people could not deal. Yeah, um, yeah. But so it's not just the snow; it's the it's the cold too, right? The it, polar it, vortex. It's everything. I mean, it's. It's too cold. It's too snowy. It's too slick with ice. It's, you know, wind howling at them. I mean, it's crazy. I have in front of me, um, I can rustle some paper. Um, 
the the story from guess where guess where the story is from oh the nyt it is from the new york times and it is they i circled some parts this morning i was reading this out loud to phoebe at breakfast that um freezing rain forecast for the gulf coast and up to nine inches of snow expected in parts of north carolina by wednesday morning and then governors in michigan and wisconsin where wind chills reached minus 40 degrees on tuesday they declared states of emergency. And then in Chicago, temperatures reach minus 11 degrees on Tuesday morning, the 15th, 1-5, below zero day in the, the city has seen this winter, the most in 20 years. Wow. So, so I was talking to Phoebe that, so um, 40 below. Okay, so that is 80 degrees colder than it is in Portland today. And so I was like, okay, Phoebe, imagine the difference between 40 degrees and 120 degrees. And you think about how sweltering 120 would be. I'm like, now go the other way. And that's what it is <laughs> where your cousin is in college right now because wow. my nephew goes to the University of Michigan. Just like, I really can't wrap my head around that. Well, the thing about the, that really cold is um, you get to a point and then it just doesn't feel any colder. You know, like it's hard to tell the difference between negative or maybe even zero and negative 10 or negative 10 and negative 20. I mean, it just is just cold. Like you are just chilled to the bone. I mean, so, you know, the 40 and 120, I mean, maybe 120 is like maybe a hundred. It's hard to tell once you get above that, but mm-hmm. there's just a point where it's like, it is just butt cold. And I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, it, there, there, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, you know, negative seven or negative 17. It does, you know, at that point, it's just, can frigid. I, can I just say that I use the term butt cold all the time in high school, and I can't tell you the last time I heard that term. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. So let's, let's bring Flashback. it back. Let's bring back well, the term that's, butt that's, cold. That's, Hashtag that, butt cold. Nice, the reason why I, I brought it up is because um, I pulled a couple comments from our um, discussion page on our AMR challenge, mm-hmm. the Strava discussion pages, just because people obviously have been commenting because here they are, they're all ready to go, and they can't because mm-hmm. the weather. And mm-hmm. so um, one Megan says, um, but equals ice cube. <laughs> I just laughed out loud when I read that. Um, that was not what she named a run. Her butt equals ice cube. Oh, awesome. I tried to make it at least four miles, but it was too cold. She ended up running three, which I gave her major props for. Yeah. Um, another Megan writes, this polar vor- vortex is annoying. I can only run outside, but with wind chills of negative 20 and worse, it just isn't going to happen. It's frustrating for ones that I have a great plan to stick to and we're having the worst weather in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then Cheryl says, this winter is the worst I can remember in terms of being able to get outside. It's just not worth the risk of falling, and the cold is truly unbearable. I am trying to make friends with my treadmill, and we're making progress. Yeah. Um, so uh, so glad to hear that, Cheryl. And we are we are here to help you today. We This is our AMR Polar Vortex Special Edition podcast, right, Sarah? <laughs> oh, I like it. I like that, that name. I'm going to use that as a headline. Thank you very much. Hey, oh. Listen what I say, oh. I got your hey, oh. Now listen what I say, oh. All right, all right. Well, and so what we want to do, because we know that it's frustrating. We know that, you know, even if you have the best intentions and you go outside and realize that you're going to take three steps and land on your badass because it's so icy out, that's not going to work. Or, you know, negative 20, probably not the safest safest to be running in. Mm-hmm. Or your kids are home. And um, that, I mean, <laughs> I got to say, <laughs> for me, 
you know, a little circle of hell is I can't run. I need my kids to be in school, but they're not because they're home. I mean, those two combinations. And they're stuck inside. It's not just that they're stuck inside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody else can get to your house. So there's not like, you know, other kids can go come over for a play date or you can send your kids out for a play date or have them go outside and go sledding even. You know, this isn't just your run of the mill snow day. No, exactly. So like that combination, let's just say we we feel for you. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Very, very much feel for you. (laughs) Modern day Dante. Yes. <laughs> Your circle of hell. Um, yeah. So this is this is not a case where you can just, you know, put on your big girl panties and your balaclava and your mittens and your tights and head outside. Not this year. So so you really need to find alternatives. So we have some alternatives for you. So, Dimity, you came up with um, your thoughts about what they could do for a circuit if you can't make it to the gym because, you know, the roads are too slick or, you know, you can't take your kids with you. So share some. Yeah. Or if you don't belong, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of women that, you know, just use the road as their gym, which is great. Um, except for if you're in the snow, snow apocalypse right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So, um, so one of the things you can do at home, no matter, there's no excuses because all you need is basically your body weight and Mm -hmm. a chair or a set of stairs and, um, and you can make circuits and, um, basically, the whole idea with this is it's like one minute of something cardio, one minute of something strength, one minute of something cardio, one minute of something strength. And you can mix it up. I mean, you know, it's endless flavors, just like Baskin Robbins. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff that you can do for cardio is, you know, run up and down your stairs. You can do jumping jacks. You can do high knees. Um, if your basement has a higher ceiling than mine, you can jump rope. You could do um, mountain climbers, those things where you kind of get down and, you know, alternate yep. your feet back and forth and uh, and burpees i mm-hmm. mean heaven forbid i can't believe but the polar vortex has forced me to mention burpees oh goodness to advocate them but yeah. um, i'm not doing them but hey you can <laughs> so um so a minute of those and then when once you you know you can kind of stop catch your breath grab a drink of water and then go into a minute of something that's more strength oriented like squats or lunges or push-ups or planks or mm-hmm. sit-ups or a bridge or whatever, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, a basic body exercise, body weight exercise 101. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you do that for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, I promise you, you will feel pretty badass. And if you can make it even longer, you know, like sometimes I make one circuit and then I repeat it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that's just a great way to do it. And your kids can, you know, chase you up and down the stairs if they're old <laughs> enough or, you know, just have them, you know, have them be there if they're off of school or they're too young to go to school. I mean, you don't have to, you know, carve out this whole special place in time. Um, you can just kind of do it and let them kind of carry on with their drawing or their Legos or whatever. Or join in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or join in. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So Nothing I have to... cuter than a kid doing a jumping jack. <laughs> sure. Or burpee. Yeah. So an outshining is his mom. But uh, so when I lived in Wellesley, Massachusetts, where it was one of the worst winters previous to this one on record, I got stuck inside a lot and had to do circuits just like you're describing. So that alternating thing. So, you know, I always find even, you know, look on the web for some exercises, look in magazine articles, you know, rip those articles out, you know, how to have a better button, take a borrow a few of those moves. Because I, I would always be staying there thinking, huh okay, can't do tricep dips again. So, so <laughs> My triceps are toned and yeah. nothing else is. <laughs> right. um, and then, you know, YouTube now in this, mm. you know, advent of the internet mm-hmm. is um, is also a great source of videos. And we actually have another Mother Runner channel now. Mm-hmm. We've got the two strength training videos from our AMR 
challenge up there and, um, you know, feel free to hop on and watch, even if you're not in the challenge, it's, it's mm-hmm. all just basic stuff. Um, just body weight stuff that all you need is a chair and, um, and you can integrate those with your cardio circuit and you'd be good to go. And demonstrated by none other than Dimity McDowell. Uh-huh. Yeah, me. So don't don't judge the form, haters. <laughs> don't judge the form. <laughs> but and you you know your dog Mason stars in it too, so it's very charming. Mason's there. Yeah, yeah. I sent the kids to school, thankfully, and then uh, and I was like, oh, I'll just I finally have a video with no interruptions. And then Mason is like, <laughs> he had other Pay ideas. Attention to me. Yeah. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and speaking of that uh, alternatives, but also that um, the snowiest winter that I spent in. In Boston, which was uh, when I lived in Boston itself for one year, it was just snow day after day after day. And that's when I had to completely give up my running for, oh, I don't know, at least a month. And I just started going to the YMCA every day and using the pool. And so that I I would swim every day before work. And, um, you know, that sort of was a a big shift, but it, you know, kept me in great shape. And I think that's an important thing to think about, like, okay, maybe running, you know, if you don't have a treadmill or, you know, you can't get outside, whatever it is, you know, maybe think about switching to something else and just being okay with that. I think, I mean, I think that's the thing I think to keep in mind, even if you are on a training plan right now, if you stay active, chances are your running is going to benefit in some way. You're going to strengthen your muscles more. You're going to get a stronger core. You're going to you know, let your, maybe your angry back heal, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to break the bank if you miss a week or two of your miles, but, but staying at, I mean, it is going to break the bank if you decide that, you know, turn this woe is me pity party and decide you're not going to do anything, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, because let's face it, we're not, we're not gunning to be in Sochi or, (laughs) or, or, um, what's where, oh, the London, no, where's, where are the summer Olympics in 2016? Is it Brazil? Uh, Yes. Brazil. Rio. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, we're on this like periodized schedule, like Kara Goucher trying to make it, you know, like, you know, your body will respond probably pretty favorably to other stuff just because, you know, everybody, knows that you kind of hit a plateau sometimes Mm -hmm. if you keep doing the same thing again and again. And so switch it up and all of a sudden running is going to feel fresh and new and different. And you might come back feeling a lot stronger or, you know, I see the upside of this polar vortex. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and our friend Michelle from Rhode Island who um, has been injured. And so she's been sidelined, but so she's been doing something which people can do during inclement weather, uh, which is pool running and we had a um, piece on our pod, or, sorry, on our uh, website the other day about some tips for pool running. But so Michelle wrote on our Facebook page uh, how she was listening to her podcast during another pool running session, and she said um, that she feels stronger and healthier than she has in months thanks to pool running. And um, so yeah, so she she's, actually she feels, feels like-, like she's in the best shape of her life. It sucks not being able to run like I want, but injuries can be a blessing in disguise. So you know, lousy weather can be uh, you know a blessing in disguise as well. So um, exactly, yes. Exactly. So well, oh, go and ahead. let's let's give a plea. So so then we'll head into the gym. We're getting out of the water. We're toweling <laughs> off and hoping that our goggles haven't left too big of a a mark. <laughs> Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. 
Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email, or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely, hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. Uh, is it just me or do, like when you swim in your 20s, you, know, you have goggle marks until, I don't know, maybe you swim it from seven to eight. The goggle marks are gone by about like 930. When you're in your 30s, they're there still maybe by lunchtime. I swear, now that I'm in my 40s, I swim in the morning and like at dinner time, I still have goggle <laughs> marks. <laughs> the worst is like going in, I forget that I have them, mm-hmm. you know, and so yep. then I'll go and get a coffee or head to the grocery <laughs> store or whatever afterwards. And people look at me like I've like got some kind of newfangled disease and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, they're just goggle marks. I was just in the pool today. It's okay. <laughs> you know, My eyeballs are not about to be sucked into the back of my brain because it kind of looks like that. Right, right. Yes. So, oh my gosh. So, so you're heading to the gym and the biggest thing is you got to be prepared for the gym. And this is kind of a long anecdote, but it really made me laugh. So I'm going to share it. Um, it's from Shannon Coleman and mother runner. And she says, ever have one of those days? I sure did today. Round one. I packed up my running clothes and shoes in my gym bag. I got to the gym and when I reached into the back seat for my bag, I realized I left it on my bed at home. Okay. So she goes back to get it. Round two. Went home, grabbed my bag, and headed back to the gym. Round three. Turned around halfway to the gym because I left my phone sitting on the counter. I wasn't going to run on the treadmill without music. Round four. Got back to the gym and inside the locker room, and I realized I forgot my water bottle in my car. It was way too cold to go out to my car in my capris, so I said, forget it, and grabbed my phone and earbuds and headed to the treadmill lane. Round five, I plugged my headphones into my phone after stretching and realized one of the rubber earpieces was missing. By that time, I wanted to scream. There is no way I could run on the treadmill without tunes. Round six, we're at round six and she still hasn't exercised yet. I don't know how much time these take, but she went back to the locker room to look for the rubber piece in her purse. She located it on the very bottom of her purse under a hundred receipts about five minutes later. I love that. That totally resonated with me. <laughs> I've got every receipt in the bottom of my purse. Round seven. Exhausted from my journey, I hop on the treadmill that I signed up for. And after one mile, another woman comes up to me insisting that I was on the treadmill she signed up for. Ugh. 
I kindly dismounted the treadmill and went over to the sign-up book with her. Turns out she was wrong. Round eight, I get back on the wheel and drudge out three more miles thinking about how I can be better organized and wondering if I am the and wondering if I am in the early stages of dementia. I think I need more sleep. I can't wait for the weather to improve so I don't have to deal with the journey to the gym on a regular basis. Anyone else have days like this? <laughs> I'd like to say I was really impressed that by round seven, she still was able to be kind to that woman who came up and insisted she was on her, tre- quote unquote, her treadmill. I know. I know. I would have not been so nice. I would have been like, are you kidding me? Do you know what I've been through? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To my house, back again. No water bottle. No earbud. Yeah. Totally. Oh, man. So, hey, before we get to the um, other machines at the gym, let's take a break and we will come back to talk about other options uh, that you can do during this bad weather. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One book that I just finished and absolutely adored is a book called This is a Story of a Happy Marriage by Ann Patchett, who is the author of State of Wonder and Bel Canto and a couple other great books. Um, this is a book of nonfiction essays, and they cover everything from her happy and not so happy marriages, um, her dog Rose, who sounds adorable, uh, her bookstore in Nashville. It's just really good vicarious living a little bit um, as, as being a very popular writer, but also just good entertainment and, and short little bits because they are essays. Sounds good. So for a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash mother. And now back to our show. Dimity, let's let's talk about other machines at the gym because I think as as runners we can sometimes go and only see the gym as a treadmill with a, you know some other periphery things that we maybe don't even know how to use. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that one the um, the the climber? The, oh yeah, the um, that, oh the gauntlet or the, the no the Versa climber. Versa climber. Oh, I love the Versa climber. Oh my gosh, I love the. Do Versa you really? I love it. Yes, oh, because so because it's challenging by its very nature it is challenging and so when i lived in san francisco i worked out at this place called the caret it's part of ucsf and it and um so it was you know like a college gym and boy they had a versa climber oh i love that thing yes yes the other thing that's really awesome is the stair mill you ever use that yeah like the gauntlet like the gauntlet yeah my um my father-in-law and his wife have they have a fairly extensive home gym and they had one of those and so i mean that's just a sweat fest i mean (laughs) Yes. No, that's the one I've talked. I think I've talked about that. That's the one that mm -hmm. I go to. That's kind of my, my go-to machine at the gym. If I'm not interested in doing the treadmill, Mm -hmm. Um, I really like it. I I anticipate spending a lot of time on that as I prepare for the Pikes Peak Ascent. Mm, Good plan. That's a very good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we've touched upon though, the key is that um, if you're going to be using a different machine, it's not just one that you just sit there and catch up on the last five issues of Us Weekly. You know, you got you got to choose something that you're going to put a lot of effort into because just sitting on a recumbent bike or just kind of making the the wheels go on the elliptical that's not going to really equate to a running workout. 
So exactly. you, you need to push it and get your sweat on. So Yeah, and that's what I mean, I talk about that a little bit in train like a mother. Everyone um, kind of remembers that I trained for a marathon on a bike. And uh and the way that I did it is I worked really, really, really hard. I kept mm-hmm. my pedals spinning very quickly at a pretty good resistance. So you're looking, you want to have, you know, it, it comes up on a stationary bike at the gym, 90 RPM. So your, mm. your feet are going around 90 times, which is basically equivalent to how fast you run, mm-hmm. um, how many footsteps you take in a minute. Yep. Um, and then, you know, hit the hills, you know, and keep, try to keep your cadence going. And, you know, and then also um, I spend some time on the bike trying to get even higher, you know, spinning up at like 110. Mm-hmm. So your legs are kind of like, you know, crazy beater legs. Um, um, and it's kind of, you know, it's just, just mixing it up. But, but the thing about it is, is you, you know, especially on, on a, uh, a bike, especially the stationary bikes, they kind of give you a little push. Like you can feel the pedals go around without you pushing as hard. So you've really got to make an effort to use your own exertion. So if you're my, my first choice is always a spinning class. Because that is just, that's harder. The instructor is going to push you. You've got the momentum of a class. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would get on first if you don't want to get on a treadmill or the gauntlet. Or I don't want to get on the Versa Climber. But if you want to get on the Versa Climber, <laughs> you can, Sarah. Um, and, then, and then it would be a stationary bike or a bike trainer in your basement. Yeah, we actually have a question from Bertina. She, she was on our Facebook page. And she has been forced inside by the weather. And she doesn't have a treadmill, but she will be on her bike trainer. So she wants to know, how do I determine the length of my, her bike ride needs to be to be a comparable distance to her run? She was thinking time, if it takes an hour to run six miles uh, in her training plan, should she ride for an hour? So I figured, Dimity, you could give the definitive answer to this question. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I would kind of do a, a time and match up there. Mm-hmm. I think as it gets longer, you know, if you, you know, if you're doing 13 miles, you know, I, I don't know that I would be on the bike for, you know, say two hours and 10 minutes. I don't know that that would equate so much, but on, you know, for anything for say six miles or an hour and less, I think that's a good plan. Um, what I would do again, Bertina, what I was just talking about, make sure that your heart rate is high. The thing about it is when, when you are sitting down, your heart rate naturally goes down. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if you do have a heart rate monitor and you, and you kind of know your zones and how, how the, where you are when you run, say you run and you're typically, you know, it's your easy, just regular training pace. You're at 155 mm-hmm. on the bike. You want to be at 145. You drop it down mm-hmm. 10 beats per minute. Oh, that's good. So, so you don't, so you don't beat yourself up to be like, oh, I got to get to that 155. It's like, no, you, no, no. Because yeah. then if you're at 155, I mean, you're working hard mm-hmm. on the bike. I mean, mm-hmm. and you're still working hard at 145. I mean, it's hard for me sometimes to get my heart rate over 135 on the bike. I really have to increase the resistance and make sure that I'm pedaling pretty rapidly. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, by, at the end of a workout, you should be, have a soaked sports bra, a soaked shirt. It's not just a, Hey, let's just go for a little spin. Like you're, you're working hard just like you would on the road. Right, right. And so then if people are using the elliptical, I, um, you and I don't use the elliptical too often. So I turn to uh, Phoebe, who is up in New Hampshire. She's the mom of three boys. And she's training for her fir- first ultra marathon, a 40 miler because she's a nut job. Uh, no, she's a love, love Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe, I have got uh, Phoebe is an early adopter of um, run like a mother in our tribe. And she joined me on a run in Cape Cod on a, actually a, a sweltering summer night. So let's all think about that for just a moment, like what that would be a run in Cape Cod where it's super hot. Okay, back to reality <sighs> now, um, where where Phoebe's last long run this weekend, it was, she said it was, um, I asked her for kind of a weather forecast. So it was seven degrees when she started 
and four degrees after two hours on the road. <laughs> um, and uh, and then finally I got up to a balmy 11 miles when she was done. So, um, so Phoebe, she admits that she sort of made the mistake of buying an elliptical instead of a treadmill a number of years ago when they got their home piece of home exercise equipment. So she is uh, knows what she's talking about though on how to get a good run on or good good workout. Sorry, and so her tips are you know to, like any other piece of equipment is to mix things up, and she suggests you know mixing it up with resistance and speed, and you know using a pre-programmed workout that changes up the resistance, or you can do it manually. But one tip I really like from her was that uh, she said it's one almost cool thing about the elliptical is the ability to go backwards and work different muscles, and she said. She, Phoebe says she usually does a one to nine mix, which is, and I think she actually means nine to one ratio, which is to go nine minutes forward and one minutes backward. And then she said, don't try to go at a high resistance or speed going backwards. It's a good thing to make your hamstrings really hate you. Uh, <laughs> a good way to. And then um, she said also another almost cool thing is that you can change the focus by putting the effort into your arms. And she said, uh, you'd be surprised how much of an upper body workout you can get if you just think about arms. It's like focusing on your arms when you hit a tough hill in a race or workout. And um, she gives the caveat of, um, don't try this, folks, at home while going backwards. Uh, She says, in her experience, when going backwards, you should try not to use your arms. It's way too unbalancey. I'm not. <laughs> uh, maybe that's that's a, t- that's a scientific term. Yeah, right? I, I think it might be just a New Hampshire lingo, something like that. But yes. <laughs> so yeah. So that's uh, you know, because on the elliptical, I think it is too easy to just get on there and kind of be like, oh look, you know, what's Matt Lauer talking about today? And la 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 la. So that you really you know have to focus and put a lot of oomph into it. Um, exactly. And then one way to do that also is to wear a heart rate monitor if you own one. I mean, and, and make your, you know, do intervals, make yourself get it really high and then come back down and get up really high and come back down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, our favorite machine is the treadmill. Oh, um, the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, so, so Sarah, what's, what's your, how do you well, get through well, um, workout on a treadmill? I was thinking that... Um, uh, choose some long decadent, quote unquote, decadent audio or visual for yourself, like an audio book, like the Goldfinch, which I recommended recently on here, the new Donna Tart novel, or a show that I'm addicted to right now, addicted Sherlock, um, and only let yourself indulge in it while you're on the mill. So, you know, you're dying for more Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes himself, and you'll suddenly find yourself wanting to run for twice as long than your plan calls for because you're like, okay, I can only watch it while I'm on here and I got to know what happens, you know? So, you know, it's, you know, it's a little um, bit of a gimme, uh, but um, it works for me. So. Oh, I like that. No, I think that's a good idea. Definitely like have little treats waiting for you on the treadmill, like, like a good show. And if it is, it happens to be a television show and not something on netflix and you get um commercials Mm. the mix it up by pushing the pace when you um when you hit a commercial so go up by half a mile or even a mile or you know or make the incline all of a sudden you have to climb a really hard hill as soon as the commercial comes on Mm -hmm. just to keep it kind of interesting and varied do you watch actual live TV? Like you don't, I'm, I'm, I'm like commercials. What a quaint idea that you, that you watch the commercials. Don't you just watch everything on DVR and then fast forward through them? Or is that too much to like fast forward through a commercial while you're running? 
Um, well, I don't do it on the, I don't watch TV while I'm on a treadmill. I mean, if I'm at the gym, then I will see oh, a commercial. Oh, sure, 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 sure. That, that's a scenario. See, I, I just don't go to a gym. So like that, I couldn't even envision that scenario. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, well, if you walk into most gyms, there's about 12,000 TVs going mm-hmm. all with something different on it. So you got lots, to, lots to watch <laughs> or a lot to annoy you depending upon yeah. where you are. Um, I think the treadmill is the, the best way to use a treadmill is to not, get into, I have to run six miles. I'm going to run six miles at the exact same pace mm-hmm. and I'll just get through it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to break it down in, in really, really small chunks and not even think about six miles, but just what pieces next. I just, yesterday I went and I did, um, it was cold and freezing and snowy here. And I decided I was going to do 400s. I haven't done 400 Sarah in, I, I don't even know how long, um, but you know, it's 0.25 miles. And mm-hmm. so I broke, you know, I did a, a mile warm up and then cranked up the speed for 0.25 miles. And that's all I thought about was getting to, you know, 1.25 or whatever it happened to be. And then I gave myself a nice recovery time and then I did it again. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it doesn't become about, oh my gosh, I've got 37 minutes left. It's like, okay, am I ready for my next interval? Okay. I'm going to go 0.25 more miles. Mm-hmm. And I ended up running, you know, I was on it for 45 minutes. I ran four and a half miles. It was a great workout. I mean, I felt it very much later in my legs that day. <laughs> um, and so I just think it's important to, you know, use that time to not, to not think about the whole piece, but just give yourself little nuggets along the way. I mean, Catherine, again, on our Strava discussion page, the treadmill was so much more fun today. We got 10 inches of snow last night. So I was dreading my indoor run, but the interval workout was such a pleasant surprise. Good run. And you don't have to be on on the Strava discussion board to know that an interval is a good run. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be you know, it could be, you could do ladders like one minute on, one minute off, two on, two off, three on, three off. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do, um, I, I really like the combination of four, three, two, one, cause it adds up to 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, four minutes at a, you know, at a very manageable pace, three at a slightly less manageable pace, two at a, oh, this is hard pace. And one at I'm hanging on pace, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then repeat that, you know, three times and that's a great or even two times and that is a great great workout if considering that you do a warm-up and a cool down but you're not in like oh my gosh I've got you know how many more miles to go you're in okay in four minutes I'm going to go to three minutes and by the time you get to three two one you're just concentrating on getting through that one segment because it's hard enough that you don't have any mental space to give to the challenge, you know? And and also then the joy of of doing the four three two one is that suddenly the two minutes seems so short, you know, because you've done four yeah. or something else. So, yeah, yeah. So, and I got to say, I'm a fan of covering up the console. When Good I to use do it, is use get it. off the treadmill mm. and strength train. I mean, that's what I had to do. I did that a lot during my runs for Ironman. And it's really beneficial to get off and use your legs in a different way or your whole body in a different way and then get back on and run again. It kind of simulates the effort that you sometimes need at the end of a run or an end yeah, of a race. Yeah. So, you oh, know, run clever. a mile get off, do 20 push-ups, 20 squats, and 20 lunges or whatever you want to do, you know, something that takes, you know, between one and three minutes, get back on, run another mile, do it again, you know, um, or you could do that every half mile or, you know, you can, you can mix it up myriad ways, mm-hmm. but you're getting on and off. And then it just doesn't feel like such, you know, like drudgery, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, those tips. I think that those probably if people are listening. That probably works out better if you have a home treadmill, just because I think otherwise that woman who insists that that's 
her treadmill that you're on, you know, <laughs> somebody's going to hop back on and you're going to be like, oh, but, but wait, I was going to get back on there. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, you can get, I mean, you know, claim your space, claim your space, keep your stuff, keep your water bottle on your treadmill, keep your towel if you have one on your treadmill. And then just, you know, there's no ego or at the gym, you know, just drop behind it and, you know, and do your squats and do your push-ups. I mean, although I th- it might be a little easier for people say of of our height to claim our space, you know, that they might be a little tougher for, you know, with kind of the five, two mother runner to be like, um, Hey, Hey, big brawny guy. That was my treadmill. So. Yeah. No, but it's more that you, you leave your stuff on it. You mm-hmm. leave your phone or your, your water bottle and stuff. So that people know that you're not done. I mean, if you've signed up for whatever your half an hour, that's is, true. Yeah. That's true. If people, it, if people know, are respectful time. of that. Yeah. 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 So, and then, Let's talk. We we seems like we could keep giving alternatives and talking about the weather for all, for all day long. But how about if people do if they can venture outside? You have been using yak tracks this winter, right, Tim? Um, I have, I have, and they're great. They're you know they're just basically like little micro spikes that you put on the bottom of your shoes by you know it's got a plastic overlay mm-hmm. and. It takes, you know, probably a mile to get used to it, um, and then you don't notice them anymore, and they just give you traction that you need. So and that's, you know... Well, sorry, what type of surface do you do you use that on? Just snow? Do you use it on slush, ice? What do you use it on? I use it more on ice, mm-hmm. ice and trails. Uh, if it's just a snowy day, if it's just if it's just the first snow, like... Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's nothing underneath it. The snow mm-hmm. melts really quickly here in Colorado. So if there's nothing underneath it, mm-hmm. snow itself isn't slippery. It's frozen snow and ice that's slippery. You're so, so funny. Frozen snow in, in mile-high Denver isn't slippery. <laughs> when we do have snow here in wet, low-level Portland, it's very slippery just because yeah. it's so wet. So, yeah, I mean, I would sure, think like in, very- in Salt Lake City or something like that, it would also be very dry. But, um, yeah, so, so sort of depends on your snow. But I was just intrigued whether you could use it truly on ice or I'm interested that you said you use it on trail. Yeah, definitely on trails. I mean, because a lot of times trails have, uh, you know, the, the sun doesn't shine. The, the, the way that the, the sun doesn't Where the shine sun there. don't shine. Huh? <laughs> exactly. um, but you know what I'm saying? Like they have, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that, you know, especially on a on a winter day, the you sun know doesn't from, get so high in the sky. Yeah, you know from those spots on trails where the sun <laughs> yeah. doesn't hit. You know. Exactly. <laughs> Painfully so, um, aware. Yeah. The broken wrist story. Mm-hmm. We, won't, we won't break that one out again. Yeah. But um. And then one, yeah, so, one final thing I want to offer up is that, you know, we were talking earlier about, oh, well, maybe this bad weather is a blessing in disguise. And so, you know, you do pool running or you do some cross training. Also, I was thinking that one alternative would be kind of self-care or other forms of exercise that maybe all of us say ignore during a lot of times, you know, when you think, oh, I got to get outside during, you know, in my 45 minutes, I got to do my run. And so, you know, if you're not doing that, maybe this, you know, use this uh, bad weather to to do a yoga video or, you know, uh, do some Pilates moves, uh, break out that foam roller and spend some, you know, make a really good 20 minute date with it, that sort of thing. So kind of paying some attention to some nagging injuries, maybe some imbalances you have in your body and, um, you know, taking care of, you know, I don't know, doing some balance drills, things like that, things that um, some of us runners, myself included, never make time for. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think, I think that's a, that's a good way to end. I mean, you know, it's going to get warmer at some point, right. you trust that, 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 you know, the sun will shine again mm-hmm. and, and things will melt and warm up. And so be at peace with where you are now, do what you can, don't fret what you can't do and realize that you're still going to come out just fine on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're finding yourself with a little extra time, maybe, or you want some solidarity, if, know that you're not alone trapped in that house. If cabin fever is getting to you, join us over on our Facebook page, which is run like a mother, the book. 
Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at the Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on Amazon.com as well as our own site. And no matter what the weather is like for you and where you're doing them, many happy miles to you. Hey.